Welcome to the Faith in the Messy Middle podcast. I'm your host, Jenny, a regular Jesus-loving girl, just like you, trying to figure out how to keep the faith in the messy moments of life. Ever find yourself thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if God gave us a user's manual to get through life? I believe he does, through his word and the stories of others. On each episode, I'll be chatting with women who have gone through some very messy middle moments and have kept faith by their side. It is my hope and prayer that in hearing his word and their stories, we will grow in our relationship with God and be reminded of his immense love for us, that we'll be able to keep the faith as we continue to walk through this messy thing called life. Welcome back to episode three. I am so excited to have this guest on today. Uh, Two years ago when God asked me to start this podcast, yes, two years, I have been putting off what God's asked me to do for two years. Uh, He gave me a list of 20 women in the messy middles I've seen them walk through that have impacted my life in a big way. And this lady was the absolute first woman I wanted to have as a guest because she has impacted my faith in more ways than I can explain. Um, this woman is my mom and her name is Tori Brunold. And so I'm going to turn it over to her to give a little bit more of an intro of who she is, things that uh, are interesting about her and how she's come to her faith in God. And then we'll jump into talking about some of the messy middle moments I've had the privilege of watching her walk through and walking through with her. So mom, without further ado, tell us a little bit about you and, um, and your faith. As Jenny said, I am her mom. Jenny is my oldest daughter. I teach Florida Virtual School. I live northwest of Orlando in a small town called Eustis. Um, a fun fact about me is I uh, provided my way through college by coaching men's wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Mom always has some interesting stories to tell about her college days. <laughs> to my faith, uh, through my parents, um, my mom and dad took me to church as a baby and, you know, continued taking me to Sunday school and vacation Bible school. Um, I was raised in the ELCA Lutheran Church, uh, had a one, had a great time when I was in uh, middle school doing confirmation, um, had even more fun in high school and Luther League. Um, and then I just continued uh, to grow in my faith as I when I got married and had my children. Yeah, I um, I was reading, uh, doing a study on Second Timothy a couple of months back, and there was a verse in Second Timothy one, um, verse five, where it talks about they're reminded of Timothy's faith, which first lived in his grandmother and then in his mother, and it just made me so appreciative of the fact that my grandmother, your mom took you to church. And as a result, your faith was instilled into me. And so I just need to hear you share that. And I just recently read that verse and like, you're living that out. I'm living that out. So women listening, you could be impacting generations by just walking out in your faith today. All right, mom. So (laughs) your messy middle moments, you've had a few. (laughs) Should we start with your surgery list? Should we start with your diagnosis list? Um. I've had a few. (laughs) You have. I actually asked you to come on today to speak specifically about um, your journey with cancer. And what's really crazy is that when I wrote your name down two years ago in June or July, we were coming, we were on the tail end of you fighting a battle with cancer and, and, and you're here succeeding, fighting, winning. And I had no idea that when I actually would be obedient and starting this podcast that we would be in a similar position. If you want to go ahead and just share with us a little bit about um, your journey with cancer and 
how your faith has been impacted positively, negatively, because we know that it's messy. It's very messy. So my first diagnosis um, with cancer was fairly mild in 2001. I was diagnosed with melanoma. It was a simple surgery. Uh, They checked a lymph node. Everything was good. So we just removed that. uh, We just removed that mole and moved forward. And so that was not, not too much of a messy problem. Felt like I uh, had beat, beat cancer and we were good to go. Then in 2006, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, this was a little bit more entailed. We had surgery and then I went through uh, chemotherapy uh, and radiation. And then a um, another type of uh, immunotherapy that was had a 50-50 chance of um, not so that I would not get cancer again. However, in 2009, uh, cancer reared its ugly head again, and um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer once again. At that time, I went through a double mastectomy, wishing that I had done that the very first time, uh, but in hindsight, uh, 2020. Um, So I'd like to just talk a little bit about that. It was a, quite a journey because um, the type of cancer that I had, because it came back a second time, I was unable to have breast reconstruction um, for two years. So um, as a woman, for most of us, uh, our breasts, you know, kind of not necessarily define us, but when you don't have them at all, um, it really changes the way you the way you view your the way you view yourself, the way you feel others maybe view you. They probably didn't, but you feel very, I felt very self-conscious, but there's a, a poem, I guess it's called, um, out there called Cancer Can't, and all the, they list all the things that cancer can't do. It can't cripple love. Sorry. Um, it can't kill friendships. It can't shatter hope. And that's a lie. Um, because it can do that. Sorry. You're good. <laughs> Cancer um, really took a toll on my marriage uh, that second time. Um, my husband is a wonderful person, uh, but he uh, he struggled with uh, depression because I, I feel like um, as a man uh, and our husbands, they want to be able to fix us. And uh, he couldn't do that. A little side note about my dad. He is a carpenter. That is literally what he does for his occupation. He fixes things. And so for him to have to watch my mom go through something that he could have no control over fixing, it uh, it was a very big struggle for him. And, you know, so instead of being my rock, maybe God used that in a, in a different way because I ended up being his rock. Um, as he struggled through depression, I was struggling through cancer, but we, uh, we battled it together and we came out smiling on the other side, but cancer, cancer can, it can kill a lot of different things and it can hurt and ruin a lot of different things. I, I don't particularly care for that poem. And um, I know that a lot of people, a lot of people gave it to me in a book, in a card, in a, um, and I just was not my, not my favorite uh, go-to thing to look for. (laughs) So then um, in, so in 2009 and 2010, I was able to get my reconstructive surgery and I thought things were good to go. We were, it was, it was great. Um, 
Then just a little side note, I know that Jenny wanted to talk about my cancer journey, but in 2012, I had a mm-hmm. bit of an unfortunate accident and um, ended up getting blood clots in my lungs and uh, I literally died. And uh, I saw Jesus. <laughs> and if you're brother. wondering if she's like a cat with nine lives, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes to that. Uh-huh. Pretty, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool experience being able to see Jesus and being brought back to life. No, I did not see the white light, but I did see Jesus. So then moving forward, we had a battle in uh, 2012, uh, 2020 of colon cancer. So my colon was resected. And once again, back to the chemotherapy and things were going along smoothly. Didn't have a lot of side effects, thought I was doing really great. Um, until I went uh, just this past year in 2022, and um, the cancer was back. Uh, the colon cancer had metastasized um, into a in, in, into a lymph node. People think, well, that would be, that's not a big deal. We can, we, and the doctors thought that that was not a big deal. We'll just go in and remove that lymph node, and we'll be good. Um, except for the lymph node is located between the aorta and the vena cava. So if you know anything about your anatomy, uh, those are the two major arteries that come away from your heart and go to your heart. And uh, after presenting it to 25 different surgeons, no one was willing to go in and remove the lymph node. So we are now back at chemotherapy. Um, Actually, today is going to be round two of six. We'll be doing this through April. And then in May, we'll go back and see the doctor again. And um, hopefully we'll have, uh, hopefully we will have shrunk that the lymph node and we'll, um, have some new options to move forward with. But I'd like to talk a little bit um, about, you know, my journey through um, through this with the Lord. There were definitely times that I was angry. And uh, there is one Bible verse that I know that Jenny, you know, put on a put on an index card and, and you know, put in my bathroom on my mirror for me to look at. And I know a lot of other people that uh, that you know, would send this, this scripture to me. And I'm going to tell you that I fought and argued with the Lord on a daily basis. When I read this, every time I looked at this scripture, I now finally hard headed after how many years am starting to believe this scripture. So the scripture is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future well back in 2006 you know i didn't see this as being um plans to prosper and grow me i saw that as a way to ruin my life like really and truly like what how could you how could cancer possibly prosper and grow you how could it give you a future and so in 2006 in 2008 in 2020 I argued with the Lord quite often about the fact that this scripture was not true. I don't know who he was sending it to or who it was written for, but it certainly wasn't written for me because I did not see any hope or a future in any of that. Um, I guess maybe as I matured, (laughs) um, maybe as I've grown in my faith, maybe as I look around and I see all the blessings I have, I have seven wonderful grandsons. Yes, you heard grandsons, no granddaughters. <laughs> um, I do see that um, he does have 
plans to grow me. He does have plans to give me hope and to give me a future. But I'm not going to lie. I I really struggled with that verse a lot. Um, I didn't. I did not see that as a positive Bible verse at all. Um, no matter how I looked at it, it just. <laughs> you know, I I would try and okay, you know, okay, Lord, I'm gonna read this again and. And we'll see, maybe, maybe I'll feel differently. And I would just cry, be angry. And I didn't, but this time when I read that Bible verse, I truly do feel like he has blessed me and he is giving me, he does have plans for my future and he does, you know, give me hope and he does give me a future. I might not know what that future looks like, but he has walked with me every step of this, no matter how angry I got with him. He was always right there. Another uh, another Bible verse that I that um, Jenny and her boys got me dog tags, and they say uh, Joshua one nine: Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So I wear those. I wear that dog tag pretty much wherever I go. Uh, it's uh, I have a blue one for colon cancer. I have a pink one for breast cancer. Um, and uh, I take that wherever I go. And, and when I say wherever I go, um, when I go for surgery, I have that on until the very last second when they tell me that I can't wear any more jewelry. Um, and then I hand it off to, you know, Jenny or my husband or whoever. Um, but I wear that with me. And I, and when I get scared, which I do, um, I, I think about this and I think about my grandsons and that brings me back to Jeremiah that I do have a future. I do have things to be hopeful for. So, you know, I feel like it's okay to be angry with the Lord because I feel like, you know, I got the short end of the stick more than once. Um, I, I, you know, I, I feel like somehow, you know, I got the Joker in the deck of cards instead of the, the king or the queen. Um, you know, I think every time, you know, I get a diagnosis, this can't be real. This has got to be a joke. Like it, it can't be my turn again. But the Lord really has walked, walked through me. Um, I read a daily devotional called Jesus Calling. And um, I write down a lot of Bible verses that I, I have on my whiteboard that, you know, different, different Bible verses for different feelings. And I go to those when I, when I have, you know, when I'm angry, um, when I'm sad, when I'm scared, um, there's just a lot of different Bible verses that I can turn to, but those are probably, you know, two of the ones that I, that I look to the most, you know, the Lord has, um, like I said, the Lord has walked with me. I feel like he has, um, brought my family together. Not that we weren't always close, but I feel like, you know, he's really brought the, everybody closer together. Um, I'm fortunate to have everybody living close to me. So we go to church together. We eat together. We pray together. We, we play together. And uh, without the Lord in your life or in my life, uh, that wouldn't be possible. So that's a little bit about my journey. Um, my messy middle. Um, it definitely is messy and uh, I don't, see it getting unmessy anytime soon, at least not until the end of April. <laughs> yeah. I think you said some really powerful things that I just want to recap a little bit. I think the biggest, one of the biggest ones is that God wants us to give him all of his, our emotions. He wants to have a relationship with us, just like you have with a parent or a spouse or a best friend. You give them all of your emotions. You don't just hold in certain ones and give them only the good ones. God wants to know all of our feelings and he's big enough to handle all of them. 
And I also wanted to point out that I think it's easy when we're in the thick of it to miss all of the things that are happening on the outside by us just continuing to take that next step forward. I can tell you, well, I can't tell you the number, but I can tell you there have been numerous messages that I've received. And I know that my mom has received as well from people who have watched her faith and have watched her courage time and again and again and again of battling cancer, whether it was a crazy blood clot situation and saying that they were brave enough to try something new or they had faith that their family's cancer diagnosis was going to be okay because they've watched my mom go through that. And that's why I think it's so important for us to share our messy middles and not just the happy endings because my mom did authentically share with people that, hey, this is treatment number three and I'm feeling really crappy right now, but I'm going in with a smile on my face. And it allowed other people to hold on to her courage, on to her belief. And as their messy middle moments happened around cancer diagnosis or medical diagnosis of some type, we've received so many messages that we feel peace and we feel confidence going into this because we've watched you do this. And so when she was saying, I, I struggled with that. I have a hope and a future. I know all of those messages were part of her hope and her future. It, it's not always easy for us to be Jesus followers. Cause like I talked about in episode two, like God doesn't tell us that it's going to be easy. He actually tells us we are going to have trouble. Like we're going to. And I think part of that, he has a hope and a future for us is that in those troubles, we will show him to others. And that's exactly what I feel like you've done time and time and time again, from the many messages that I've received, from the many moments that I've personally had going, okay, if my mom can freaking get up today, go to chemo treatment, then go back to her job. Like I can handle making dinner for my grumpy toddler. Like I feel like all these diagnoses have really helped us put in perspective what truly matters most. And so does it suck that we had to learn that lesson through this? Yeah, it absolutely has. It has, it's not been fun in a lot of the times, but I will agree with you so much. I feel like our family has been brought so much closer and not just in hanging out together closer, but truly closer in our faith and what we believe um, God is capable of doing and rallying through prayer around these situations. If you want, had a practical tip to give somebody who, whether they're a family member of a person receiving a cancer diagnosis or they're receiving the cancer diagnosis, what's something that you would want to share with them to, to remind them it, it might get messy, probably will. And there's hope along the journey. Well, I guess, um, as you've heard me speak, um, it's, I, I cry a lot. Uh, sometimes it's <laughs> yes. tears of joy, sometimes it's cheers of anger and sometimes it's cheers of sadness. We know that we've always gotten mom a good Christmas gift. If we make her cry, like if she doesn't cry, we didn't get a good enough present, but we know if she's crying. We did good. So yes, she is a lady of many tears for many reasons. <laughs> I just think that um, going into any battle, if you remember that, you know, crying isn't going to make things any better, but smiling and laughing and, and having a good time as best you can through the tough times makes life a whole lot better. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, my first treatment, two, you know, two weeks ago, I posted on Facebook, you know, let's get this chemo party started. People thought, chemo is not a party, but for me, it is like, you know what? I, it's not like I have an option for this. So you might as well smile and laugh and, and have a good time best you can. So that's the very number one tip that I can tell you is, you know, put a smile on your face. I mean, it doesn't have to be there all the time. The more you smile, the more you laugh, the more you have a good time, the easier 
going through any kind of battle is. Whether it's, you know, you know, the loss of a loved one, uh, going through a medical battle, um, you know, that's, I just think that humor and laughter truly can be the best medicine. And that's something that I, uh, that a tip that I would, would definitely, um, share. And then an, another tip that I kind of learned the hard way is don't try and be, take, don't try and handle this yourself. Share things with your family. Let your family know. Don't, don't be the one that I can do this all alone. You might think you can, and, and, and maybe, and maybe you can, but you're struggling deep down inside. So share your, share your concerns, share your, share your worries, share your anger, share that with your family and friends. Um, let them know how you feel. Like Jenny said, you know, there's days that I have treatment and, and after treatment, you know, a couple days later, I feel really yucky and I don't feel like doing much of anything. I still try and put a smile on my face because that's what gets me through the day, but it's okay to say, I don't feel good today. I really feel yucky. Um, it's okay to tell people how you feel. I think that those are, you know, the two biggest tips that I would give anybody. I think those are really helpful tips. I think uh, as we were waiting in the waiting room last, uh, your first for your first treatment, some lady made some kind of like, well, aren't you guys really cheerful or something for this place? And mom just looked at her and was like, yeah, that's the only way to be when you're dealing with this. <laughs> I just thought like how powerful because something that Mark and I have learned at a Tony Robbins event is that it is impossible for our brains to feel anxiety, to feel fear, to feel anger at the same time as gratitude. What you're saying is so spot on that, yes, it's very easy to feel all of those negative emotions, but the positive ones are always available to us as well. And the positive ones serve us. The positive ones help us, like you said, get through the next icky moment. I think those are really good practical tips. And I feel like they apply to all sorts of different situations, whether it's cancer or not. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners today? You know, I want to thank everybody that sent me positive vibes and positive prayer. Uh, but just know that that the Lord truly does walk with you. You might feel like he's not there sometimes, but if you reach your hand out and you truly ask for his help, um, he is there. And uh, sometimes he doesn't answer right away, but don't give up. Hang in there with a smile on your face and a prayer on your lips. The last part that I do is I say a prayer. Do you want to pray or would you like me to record a prayer? Uh, probably you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you just going to cry through it all? <laughs> I was just gonna, I was going to say, I would just cry through it all and then no one would hear it when I understand the prayer anyway. So. <laughs> well, mom, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today and sharing a little bit about your messy middle moments, the many that you've had. Um, and like I said, on the first episode, Sometimes it's a short season and sometimes it's a long season and sometimes they're, they come back seasons. And uh, I just so appreciate you being someone that I can look to um, and know that when I'm in a messy middle moment, it's possible to hold on to my faith and it might not be pretty, but that it's something that I can still do. So thank you so much. And uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for walking with my mom and our family through so many messy middles with cancer. Today, God, we just pray specifically for the families that are walking through a cancer diagnosis. We pray that the women and the men know that you are with them and they, they know that you can handle all of their emotions. Father, I pray that you surround them with a community that supports them and loves them and provides for their needs. God, thank you for being a good God. In the good and the bad moments, you are still good. Help us to remember that and to hold on to that. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. My prayer is that you are encouraged to continue to keep the faith in your messy middle moments and to share your testimony, his testimony of faithfulness. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share this episode with a friend who may need that reminder to keep the faith. I'm always looking for testimonies to feature. If you'd like to share yours with me, email me at faithinthemessy at gmail.com. Until next week, praying for you and whatever messy moment you may be in.